Cool. All right, well, let's grab, uh, grab your Bibles. We're going to get in the message here. We're in a series on hope. This is uh, part four in a series that we're doing. I don't know how long. I'm just, as long as I keep getting uh, content for this, I think I'll keep preaching on it. Um, about six months ago, I just, I knew the first series that I wanted to do was on hope. And the, the idea that I kept, kept coming to my mind was um, the, the people who have the most hope have the most influence, and the people who's who have the most influence, their message will prevail. And so we want to be a people of hope. And so um, this is part four. My message is titled today, uh, 360 Degree Praise. All right, so hope is super important. The enemy of your soul will do everything he can in his power to keep you from being a hopeful person. Because if you don't have hope, you don't have a future. And the enemy wants to try to keep you from having your future. So if he can get you to n- not have hope and not look forward and not have something to look forward to, he can keep you from your future. And God has a great future for you. So that's why it's so important. Um, if you would turn to the book of Revelation chapter 4. Um, we're gonna, I'm actually going to end up reading the whole chapter. Um, it's not very long. And, and I'm not really a proponent of reading like large chunks of scriptures. Um, but John, the beloved, he's, um, this is a vision that God gave him of the throne room in heaven. And it's, I want to say, first of all, this is like an intense place. It's not boring, the, the throne room in heaven. And um, I actually, if I can today, I want to help maybe paint a picture, draw a picture in your mind of this place, the throne room in heaven where God himself dwells and where worship goes before him. And it'll take a minute to develop this. And I promise you, um, um, well, something that Pastor John used to say is every message needs to pass the, the so what factor or the who cares test, right? And so I learned that lesson. So I promise you when you walk out of here today, you'll have something very practical and you'll be able to walk away with something. Actually, this message is going to be very simple. But on the front end, I want I wanted to do a little something that I call a campfire talk. Campfire talk is like, you know when you're sitting around a campfire and you just, this is when all the theories and the conspiracy theories come out and you're looking at the stars and you know how it is, you're just sitting there and all the ideas come out, most of them are bad, but um, I'm not going to do any conspiracy theories today, but that's where all the conspiracy theories come out. But uh, So I want to do a little bit of a campfire talk on the front end to kind of help paint a picture of what the throne room of heaven looks like. Have you guys ever wondered, like, when you make that simple little dinner prayer, like, Jesus, thank you for this food, bless our bodies, amen. Like, where does that prayer go, you know? And I just want you to know, like, yeah, God is near, of course, God is near, but, but there is also a place, a real place, heaven, with a real God sitting on a real throne, and I want you to, to understand that, like, when you pray a prayer, when you, this worship that we just had here, like, God is in heaven receiving this worship. He's in heaven receiving your prayers. He's in, he's in heaven receiving your petitions. He's in heaven receiving this praise in a real place, okay? And so I, I want to say that just to kind of help build a picture in your mind um, so that when you pray, when you worship, when you go before the Lord, like, someone's listening to you. Okay, so, in fact, this place that we're about to read about um, if you're a believer in Jesus, um, there's the throne room of heaven. You will stand in this very place that we're about to read about. You will stand in the throne room, room of heaven, and you will offer worship and praise to God. So um, in John, you'll, you'll notice John uses this language like it, this had the appearance of this. It was resembling this. In fact, John didn't even have quite the full language of like how to describe it. Like He was using a limited language just like we are, but he was experiencing something amazing. But whenever someone tries to like 
draw heaven or like a rendition of heaven. It's always the most horrendous, like dismal representation of what heaven could possibly look like. A few years ago, um, I was getting coffee and I was pouring, I was pouring cream in my coffee and this lady comes up to me, this old lady, and she's like, she puts a pamphlet down next to me and she's like, do you see that? And there's a picture of like heaven. And she's like, isn't that nice? And go, go ahead and put that picture up if you would, JD. And it was something very, something very similar to this. And she goes, now isn't that nice? And I looked at it for a second and I, I didn't tell her this, but I thought, no, that's not very nice. And like, so for so long, like, like we're losing here, guys. If this is our, this is our message, like come, come to church, be good with us for your life, and then you get to pet koalas for all of eternity. This isn't working, guys. We, we can do better than this. I'm thinking like, do you know the temptations that the world is putting in front of people? <laughs> you like, want them to stop going to the bars and sleeping around, and you're like, here, this will is, this is, get you going in the right direction. So, and listen, I, I don't want to come to church and be, like, good and, and come be good with us in church. That's kind of been our message, right? I want to be radical. Like, I want to give, I want to give the devil hell every day. I want, to, I want to mess up his plans every day, live my life to destroy his plans. How many want to live like that? So, amen. So, I want to terrorize the devil every day of my life. And you, you are authorized to terrorize the devil every day of your life because Jesus lives within you. Amen? All right, so Revelation 4, we're going to read it. Um, it. It says this, After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the spirit, and before me there was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. How many know that that person is God? Okay, good. Uh, verse 3, and the one who sat had the appearance of jasper uh, and ruby. So uh, ruby's red, um, I'm sorry, jasper's red, ruby's like a reddish translucent. A rainbow resembling an emerald encircled the throne. And so um, go ahead and put that picture up of the, the rainbow, if you would, JD. Um, actually, if, from, from like the sky, rainbows actually are a full circle. So it says in Revelation, the the the, the, the the rainbow encircled the throne fully. And so I thought that was a cool picture. I saw that the other day. But he said also it resembled an emerald. And John um, was from the Mediterranean region. And I think what John may have been describing is something that looked like an aurora borealis. And if you'd put that up real quick. But John would have never have seen this or knew how to describe it. But he said it's a rainbow resembling an emerald. So I, I don't know. Again, this is campfire talk. I could be totally wrong. When you get to heaven, be like, wow, Pastor Kurt was way off. Or maybe even, maybe even the way you picture this when you read it, you know, John, you're like, John, really? Like, that's way different than you described it. So, um, again, campfire talk. So, verse 4, um, this, is, this is around the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peals of thunder. Before the throne, uh, seven lamps were blazing. They are the seven spirits of God. Also before the throne was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. Okay, the sea of glass, clear as crystal. This is, the, this is actually the place that we will stand to worship God. There will be worship services in heaven. And to be fair, it's the whole, all of heaven isn't a throne room. We will come in and we will go out. We will worship God. But there's a sea of glass, clear as crystal. Um, I, I, my personal, um, I have a personal theory on this. Go ahead and put the, the um, next picture up. I think that the sea of glass, it's, it's like this. It's like a reflection 
um, a reflection pool. If you go to DC, so right here we'd be standing like where the Lincoln Memorial is, looking to um, Washington. I think it's like that because if you fall down to worship God, you would actually still be able to see the throne. I don't know. That's my opinion. And but it says you can also see through. It's clear as crystal. And in Revelation 15, it actually says that this sea of glass, clear as crystal, is mingled with fire. So if you can imagine, like standing on this sea of glass. You can see through it, it's as clear as crystal, and it's mingled with fire. Like, that's a cool place. There's thunder, and there's lightning, all these cool things are happening. Um, Okay, so in the center around the throne, there were four living creatures. Um, They were covered with eyes front and back. That's kind of a bizarre picture. Um, Some translations say within, even had eyes within. The first living creature was like a lion, the second was like an ox. The third had the face of a man, the fourth um, was like a flying eagle. Each had four... um, each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. By the way, according to Ezekiel, um, this is the same imagery in Ezekiel chapter 10. According to Ezekiel 10, these are actually angels um, called cherubim. So these four living creatures are angels. Um, day and night, they never stop saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And we'll come back to that in just a second. And by the way, if you don't know, like, how do, I, how do I praise and how do I worship God? This next verse will tell you how to do that. Verse 9, whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Okay, so there's these mysterious creatures that I want you to draw your attention to. They're, they're actually angels. And they have this bird's eye perspective of the creator of the universe, right? Front row street, bird's eye perspective. And this is like, they have, they're covered with eyes, so they have one job, to look at God, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. And what is the revelation they receive? What do they say? They say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and who is and is to come. Was speaks of the past, is speaks of current state, and is to come speaks of the future. So uh, what I want to talk to you about today, 360 degree praise, is I want us to to, uh, have a perspective of God where we can praise the God of our past, praise the God of our present, praise the God of our future. Because it's actually a trajectory that points us into hope. We, We want to have hope, right? And if we're able to praise the God who was, and we're able to see the God who is, we will be able to see the God who is to come. And so, um, eternal life eternal life begins the moment you place your faith and trust in Jesus. It's actually not when you die. That's not like, now I can go have eternal life. Eternal life begins the moment you place your faith and trust in Jesus. And so, eternal life for us is actually a journey because we're in a relationship with Jesus. Uh, John chapter 17, verse 3, it says this. Jesus is praying to the Father. He says, now this is eternal life that they know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So eternal life is wrapped up in knowing God and his one and only son. The word, the word know here is gnosko. It means to, um, to know um, through personal experience, firsthand acquaintance, okay? So that's what, it, that's what it means to know. This is eternal life, to know God. And so you can have eternal life today. If you place your faith and trust in Jesus today, you can begin to have eternal life today. And what this is, is it's a trajectory of eternal life. We have eternal life now. There comes a day where you die, right? And, continue, and we continue in eternal life. So it's a trajectory. So um, part of this is um, uh, recognizing, 
Oh, Zach's here. Okay, hey guys, they're getting my attention. Hey, stand up and wave at us, Zach. It says, hey, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Zach. Happy birthday to you. How old are you? 20. 20. The guy's 20 years old. He's got his whole life ahead of him. He's getting married today, so I don't know. Slip some money in his pocket or something, all right? Because <laughs> when you're 20, you need money in your pocket. <laughs> I've been 20 before. Um, all right, so how do we have 360-degree praise? We have to praise the God who was. This is, this is the first step, and, and this first step requires good accounting. Now, notice I said good accounting. There's a way to remember um, the past in a good way, and there's a, remember, a way to remember the past in a good way and a bad way. So there are, there are certain things that God wants you to remember, and there are certain things that God wants you to forget. It's important to know the difference. Uh, what are some things God wants us to forget? Um, our mistakes, right? Our sins, our, our goof-ups. Anyone here ever made a mistake? Anyone ever sinned? I've made some bad choices in life, and I am thankful that when God forgives me, he, like, forgets them, and, like, we can move on. Um, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25, it says, I, even I, am the one who wipes out your transgressions for my own sake. So it glorifies God to wipe out our transgressions, and I will remember, I will not remember your sins. So listen, if it's, if it's good enough for God, it's good enough for me. If he says, I'm not going to remember your sins anymore, well, then I'm not going to remember. If he says, I'm not going to remember, I'm not going to remember either. Amen? So forget about your, your past mistakes. But there are some things in our past that God wants us to remember. What should we remember? We should remember his faithfulness, his power, his provision in our lives. And if you look at the word praise in the Bible, many times it's just, it's, it's, it's reminding and praising God for the things that he's done, so the things he's accomplished, the, his great power, the things he's done in our lives. So I want you guys to think about God's faithfulness in your life. What, what has he brought you from? It's so important to develop a history with God. And the enemy of your soul would try to do everything he can to get you to forget about the things that God's brought you through. Because if you remember the things he brought you through, it'll inform where you're at now, and it'll point to a hopeful future. Amen? So have a history with God. We Remember the first Sunday we were here, we talked about that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, right? And it's so important to have that history with God. That's how, that's how we overcome, because it points in the trajectory of our future. So if you're having trouble recognizing God in your present, maybe you're in a present circumstance where it's hard for you to recognize God, I want, to, I want you to look at what God has brought you from. And many times in the Bible, um, God, God would be like, they would, you know, when they crossed the River Jordan, for example, the children of Israel coming to the Promised Land, God said to um, Joshua, he was like, hey, have 12 from the 12 tribes of Israel, have 12 men from the 12 tribes of Israel. Pick up 12 stones, bring them in. When you, and when you camp tonight, set them up in a stack, right? And then when your children ask you, hey, what are these stones here for? You could say, well, this, this is when God brought us through um, into, into um, the promised land. And in other words, what he's saying is like, he's always telling them, remember, remember, remember. Build a monument, build a memorial. Like, don't forget the things I've done for you in your past. And some of you, you're here. God has brought you through some really cool stuff, some, some tough stuff, but he's brought you through it, right? He's brought you through in an amazing way. You need to remember the things God has brought you through. The enemy of your soul wants you to forget that stuff. Um, every place I have lived in my adult life, 
Um, a lot of people do this. Before you move into a, a new place, you apartment, a house, whatever, a lot of people do this. They'll go in and they'll just pray through the place. I don't know, get some anointing oil. Like, how many do this? Kind of go through, pray through the place, anoint the oil, you know, anointing oil. Thank you, God, for, for this place. I just, um, Holy Spirit, be the only spirit here, you know. Uh, and just kind of a, I don't know, cleansing prayer, just thanking God for the future. What a lot of people don't do, and I've done this my whole adult life, is when I move out of a place, I'll move everything out, get everything in a van, whatever, and I'll go back into an apartment or a house, and I always go back in with it. It's totally empty, and I love to just spend a few moments just saying, God, thank you for the memories that I had here. Thank you, God, that while I was here, I never went hungry. Thank you, God, that you provided all my needs when I was here, and I just remember. And God, there was a hard situation that I was going through when I lived here, and you knew that, and God, you brought me through that. It's so important to remember um, what God has brought you through. Amen? So I've even done this with, like, storage units. I'll have, like, <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'll move out of a storage unit, get all the stuff out of there, and I'm like, empty, empty storage unit. I'm just going to step in here for a minute. Thank you, God, that while my stuff was here, stuff I obviously don't need. <laughs> we have so much stuff we don't need. Obviously, I don't need this stuff because it's here, but God, thank you that while my stuff was here, the whole time, you were providing for me. I had a job. You were my provider. You brought me through that tough situation. I just love to be thankful and thank the, thank the God, the God who is, and the God who was, sorry. Um, amen. So thank God every day. Thank him for your home. Thank him for your food, your car, your job, your, your family, your health. Some of you might be here, um, and you might, you might say, Pastor Kurt, you don't know my life. You don't know my history. I don't have anything to be thankful for. My life was crazy. And listen, I just want to say, whether it was decisions you made or decisions that were made about you, you may have had a crazy life like I get that. Um, but there is something you can be thankful for. The fact that you're sitting here yeah. is something. The fact that you're able to get here today and you're alive means you've had some meals. You didn't die, right? There is something you can be thankful for, um, even, if, um, even if you had a crazy, crazy life. And so to have 360-degree praise, <clears throat> we need to praise the God who was. Amen. Um, <clears throat> okay, so the second step to having 360-degree praise is praise the God who is, the God of your present, your present situation. Now, two things I want to say about this. The first key to this is um, we need to learn in our current state, our current situation, to be content. Some people, some people are just never content. You ever meet people, they're like, they're never happy. It's never enough. It's never good enough. And we have to learn the art of being content. And praising God in our current circumstances can be difficult, especially if we don't like our current circumstances. And listen, in my current circumstances, there are things I love. And there are certain things in my current circumstances that I hate. But I choose to focus on the things that I love. Amen? So um, in order to praise the God of our present... We need to learn the secret of being content in every season. Paul said in Philippians 4.12, he learned the secret of being content in all seasons. So whether he had a little or whether he had a lot, he learned how to excel and he learned how to thrive, whether he had a little or a lot. Um, 1 Timothy 6, 6-10, it says this, But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. Amen? So, um, and listen, I, I used to tell this to young adults all the time. A lot of people, they'll, they'll get a job offer or they'll go after a vocation because it's lucrative, right? And that is not the only reason to go after a job or go after a vocation or take a, take a 
take a raise. Like, it, you need to follow peace in your life, not just necessarily what is the next, um, what is the next um, way God's going to provide for me. So, because he does provide for us. But we need to we learn contentment in our lives and be content in our, our present season. The second thing I want to say about this, about praising the God who is, is focus on what God is doing. Don't focus on what God is not doing. All right, some people are so focused on the problem. Like, this is what God is not fixing for me, right? He's not fixing this. And there's so much, like, good going on over here. Focus, focus on what God is doing, not on what he is not doing. Keep in mind that we're all in something called a process. So everyone say, I'm in a process. I'm in a process. God is taking you somewhere. God is doing something in your life. God is leading you somewhere. And... Um, we have to recognize the, that we're all in a process. A lot of us, we can recognize a skyscraper, right? But we don't think about the foundation that it took to build that skyscraper. And in your own life, God wants to do something amazing and great. Maybe he has some amazing promises for you. Um, go ahead and put that first uh, that skyscraper pick up. This is like God's promise in your life. I'm going to do something amazing. I'm going to do something outstanding for you. It's going to be glorious. But go ahead and put up that next pick. But this is where you're at. You're like, my life is a hole in the ground. It's a mud hole in the ground. I can't see. God, you said we're going to go up, and here we're going down. Like, this is the, we're like, God, this is the wrong direction, right? Anyone ever been there? Anyone there now? Listen, you gotta, if you want God to do a great thing in your life, you got to let God do a deep work in your life. Let him go, let him go down and build that foundation in you before, before he goes up. So the larger the structure, the deeper the foundation needs to be for, for skyscrapers, for example. They have to go all the way to bedrock. They have to send the foundation all the way. And it's hundreds of feet sometimes. So let God do a deep work in you. Endure the process. Um, and listen, if you can't praise God where you are, you probably won't be able to praise him where you're going. If you can't serve God like now where you are, you probably won't be able to serve him where you're going. If you can't be generous with your time, energy, money now, you probably won't be generous with it later on. So just be generous now. Be content with what you have now and endure the process now. Amen? So learn to praise the God. Um, learn to praise God for what he has done in our past. Learn to praise God in our present circumstances. And the third one is, um, the third step to having 360-degree praise is praise the God who is to come, the God of our future, the God of our hope. How do we praise the God of our future? Well, the first thing we have to know is that we have a future. Amen? We need to know we have a look. At, we, look at the, we look at the past. We say, God brought me through that. God's bringing me through this. There's a, there's a trajectory here, right? The trajectory is eternal life. I'm on, a, I'm on a path of eternal life. And then we can recognize that we have a future. Um, Jeremiah 29, 11. I want to put this verse up. And I want you, this, sometimes we get kind of cliche with this verse. Like, oh, yeah, Jeremiah 29, 11. 29, 11. But I want, I'm going to read this. And I want to say this verse is for you. Like, for you today. This is the Lord. What he's saying over you, I, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Amen? That, like, the Lord's declaring that for you. This verse is for you. And that hope that we're talking about, remember we talked about hope as an anchor for our soul a couple weeks ago. Our soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions, wants to go all over the place. Good day, bad day, all over the place. But we have this hope. We're anchored with Jesus, and Jesus is anchored in heaven, Right? And that anchors us secure and firm. But when we look at our past, we can recognize God in our present. We can, cl- can conclude that there's a trajectory going to the future of good. Amen? This is super simple and super practical. But you can all walk out of here today 
um, getting something out of this. And we want to carry within us hope. We want to be the most hopeful people in this world. I think Christians ought to be the most hopeful, optimistic people in this world. Amen? Amen. I'm going to pray for you. I'm just going to um, just, um, yeah, just release God's hope over you. We did some campfire talk. Hopefully some of that can be applied to you. But then, man, we can all look at where God's brought us from, what he's doing in our lives, and that declares a hope in the future. So, Father, I thank you for this group here, Lord God. I thank you that each person, God, has a story. Each individual, God, has a story. And Lord, I just, um, I ask right now that you would remind us, Lord God, even when we're in our current circumstance, we can't see, God, what you're doing. God, I ask you to remind us of the things you've brought us through, Lord God. God, forgetting those things which are behind, the things, the mistakes we made, the sins we did, God, we forget those things, but God, we remember. We choose to remember, Father, what you brought us through. We choose to remember, Lord God, your faithfulness, your goodness, your kindness to us, Lord God. And I thank you, God, that establishes us in our present circumstance, God. We're looking to you, Lord Jesus. We know, God, you've brought us through some stuff. God, you're gonna keep bringing us through some stuff. God, we don't focus on what, we, what you're not doing, God. We're focusing on what you are doing, God. We just look to you. And God, I thank you that that points in a trajectory to our future that's a hope, Lord God. And thank you, God, you love us. You're doing good things, God, because you're a good father. You're a good papa. We love you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Awesome.